All right, Matt, welcome back to the show, bud. Good to see you. How's the angle? Because I see a little me. You see a big me. I, man, you Is look great. Bad? You look outstanding. And uh, I appreciate you coming back on the show, man, and uh, taking the time out for me. I know you're busy doing looking for a fight. you got the podcast, UFC Unfiltered. You're doing uh, all this stuff with, uh, with your gyms. So I appreciate it, man. Hey, man, I'm happy to see you, dude. I know it's early by you, so... We had to make this happen, right? It's 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 one thirty yeah. in the morning. I'm persistent though, yeah. I wanted you on there, man. Yeah, dude. You know what it is? I think you hit me the last couple of weeks. I was in Texas doing looking for a fight. Yep. And then after that, I was um I went to Kalahari, this indoor water park with my wife and three daughters. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I literally just got back to my schools this week. Yeah. I taught the second class today. And uh, I'm taking off tonight because it's my anniversary. Oh, happy anniversary. Mm. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. And you? What have you been up to? Man, just chilling. Doing podcasts, getting the gym back going. we back open again. So, you know, we just We officially get... started, correct? We have started this thing? You were starting, man. We're rolling. Perfect. That's like me. I'm making sure because I'm with you. I don't want to shoot the shit for a couple minutes and you go, okay, let's start. I'll be like, dude, I thought we <laughs> Nah, I think we, 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 yeah, we spent enough time getting connected. Um, so this is uh, episode seven of my MMA headlines, which is just where I bring guests on to talk about MMA headlines versus just, you know, about you or the guest and the training and, and their, you know, their, their stuff. So we just kind of cover the, the headlines and you are one of the main guests I wanted to get since day one, but scheduling, obviously I've been trying to get you and stuff. So it took a, it took a little while, but man, I'm so happy to have you on. Uh, you're one of the, the top guys I wanted for this. So we have fun, man. Now this is, how is this different than your other real quick with Mike? It's still real quick with Mike Swick. Yeah. And believe it or not, since last time you were on the show a year ago, I've done a, like right at a hundred interviews, believe it or not. I've seen some, of course, dude. Awesome, man. And so this is just basically a different segment. And uh, it's the difference is, you know, when I bring guests on for the podcast, it's about them. So it's about their fight camp or it's about their, you know, all about them and what they're doing. This I'm bringing fighters on to talk about the headline news. So instead of like two, instead of two guests that are always like two comedians or whatever, always talking about the news, I'm bringing on new guests every week to talk about the news between two fighters and, and we can just share like the news and you give your opinion. I give my opinion of basically the biggest headlines in the fight news right now. So it's kind of a cool thing. The fans are loving it. So it's, it's, it's cool. And uh, I think you, you're, you have such a great opinion on things. I think it's going to go really well. <laughs> I think so. Anything pop culture. We're not bringing up the new. No. Nah. The- okay. Easy stuff. Hey, anybody, if anybody's listening right now, if you want to hear my review of army of the dead by Zack Snyder, you listen to the next UFC unfiltered. It's something different. But I like to touch a little, I like to give little movie reviews. Okay. So we're not touching base on it now. I'm just letting them know. First of all, it's a very, it's a very good movie. All right, let's get back to some MMA. No, no, no. Yeah, so right. we'll I, catch that on I'll UFC Unfiltered. So make sure you catch that. And I want to watch that uh, film. It just came out on Netflix, actually. So I want to watch it. So I'm going to look at your review. And then if it sells me, I'm going to watch it. Hey, man, I got no fucking horse in the race with that thing. I'm just, I just like, uh, I just like movies about zombies. Well, GSP, GSP also gave a good review on that one. So, so what do we got? What do we got? So the first headline is, uh, obviously Diego and Fabia, you, you obviously know the situation there. Um, they split and Fabia just went off the rocker on just trashing Diego, called him a drug addict, said he's addicted to like 30 substances, said he had sexual abuse problems. I mean, he's just like trashing him as much as he can. That sounds like a good friend, doesn't it? That sounds like a real guy that's looking out. You know, that's the guy. That's 
guy you want in your corner in your life. The first sign of any trouble with anything, the guy throws you right under the bus and he, he plays the victim. Listen, I smelt a piece of shit the second that guy walked over to my table. <laughs> and fucking Abu Dhabi. The second I realized what was going on there, I'm like, and that's before any of these other videos came out. Yeah. I didn't really have nothing really against the guy besides him being a wacky guy. But if you, first of all, I didn't see it, but I heard it. You talked to him for a long time. You just, you, Mike Swick, you're a nice, you're a good guy, dude. You're a nice guy. You heard about the 50 minute that I didn't say a single word? Oh, dude, that, that's amazing. Though. I didn't listen to it. I, I, I'm not going to, who the fuck's going to listen to that? The guy, I, yeah. I heard you go, yeah. I saw your headline and go, oh, Josh Fabia talks for an hour or some shit. I go, oh, yeah, who the fuck's going to listen? I don't think that's going to drive up your views with an hour it, of that guy. It was me. <laughs> He just, he's, it was a that? Diego podcast. He jumped in about one hour in and then started going off on everybody. And I just, I, I could have like, you know, jumped in and said something, but I was just like, ah, fuck it. I'm just going to let him talk. Cause I mean, it was so crazy. Like the stuff he was saying, I'm like, someone's going to find this interesting. And I just, but it, I didn't know no, it was going to go for 50 minutes. It was like 52 minutes. I didn't say a single word, Matt. I stared at the screen like this for 52 minutes. He didn't stop. That guy. When he came over to my the table, myself and Dean Thomas, it he didn't even care that I was already just shit. Like, like I saw the shit on the guy. He didn't care that I was already. He just liked that there was a conversation going on. Yeah. He would have stayed. He didn't come to the point. Uh, what what they missed in that video? You saw the video with me and that guy. I didn't see you and him. No, it got a lot of views. I hate to say the guy's name. Could you edit that out anyway? But listen, <laughs> that fucking numbskull. He came yeah. over to my table when I was with um. Uh, Dean Thomas. It was on, it's on the. It's on. Actually, it's on looking for a fight or looking forward to a fight. And uh, <laughs> it was on looking for a fight when I was over in Abu Dhabi. He came over to the table, and um, you know, it was it was on the same. It was the same trip where he those videos just came out of him going to the fighters meeting and and yeah. talking to uh, Elder and Megan O'Levy and them. And, yeah, <laughs> and being a fucking fool. I saw that. So yeah. he came over to my table. You never seen this, Mike? He doesn't got a million views. You know, I saw I saw him go in there and start talking to Felder and 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 Megan and them, but I didn't see oh, you okay. and him. All right, when you when we get done with this, you got to see that. I'm gonna dude. watch it. Yeah, couple. It's not even if you if you. I'm sure you'll see it if you type in my name somewhere on YouTube or something. How did I miss it, man? I can't believe it. I came to my fucking table. I don't believe you didn't see this. I came to my table and uh, I thought he worked with the UFC because I I believe he had a mask on because we were. Uh, it was still, you know, it's obviously COVID. We were in Abu Dhabi and we were at the at the buffet, you know, and having breakfast. Myself, Dean Thomas, and Brian, uh, Dana's security guy. Uh, so we're having coffee. Dude, now you got to understand, Mikey. This is the first time. This was months ago. But this is the first months ago. But this is the first time. I think it's when he got lost to Jake Matthews over there. I'm not positive, though, Diego. But anyway, this was the first time I was able to enjoy a breakfast, a coffee yeah. <laughs> I, I, with somebody is since the pandemic. So it's over a year. Yeah. You know what I mean? So this guy comes over and he starts talking and I'm like, Hey, you know, how are you buddy? I'm nice to everybody. You know, I don't recognize that. I, and dude, I don't recognize, unless you're Mike Swick or fucking, I don't recognize anybody. I don't, a lot of times I'll be like, Hey man, they're like, I'll walk away and my wife be like, who is that? I go, I have no fucking idea. <laughs> you know what I mean? But anyway, but I'm trying to be friendly with everybody. I, I figured he worked with the UFC. He looked like a little right. fucking stagehand or some shit. You know, I don't know. He looked like a guy, to, you know. So he had his hat on and a mask. So then he started talking, and then I realized 
what the fuck I was do- de- dealing with. I realized it was that guy. So I knew him as his wacky because he wasn't with the Eagles by himself. So I'm like, oh, Mike, it, Mike, it was like, it was like, oh no, this is that moron. <laughs> I go, I'm I'm talking to this fucking idiot. I go, no. So I try to be first like diplomatic, like, like oh no, I understand you. You have a problem with the media, whatever, and you know, good luck to Diego. Dude, that guy was not he wasn't stopping. Yeah. He wasn't stopping. He, he kept going on, mentioned my name, and so I had a little thing with him. You you could watch it. I'm not gonna oh, do a I'm play. I'm watching it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was funny. But uh and even after you see if you see on the thing, it gets to the point where I just tell him you have nothing else to talk about. You're not my type of guy. And by, by the way, Dean <laughs> Thomas, how you, we got this, Dean Thomas, that fucking character, is when this guy came over and he saw it getting a little weird, Dean Thomas started videoing it without me, without us knowing. <laughs> so it ended up on, it ended, you see it on Dean White looking for a fight. It's on the episode. But uh, so, Dave, so Dean, that fucking wise guy, he had, he caught this whole thing. Like a fucking ninja, and he caught the interaction between me and this 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 numbskull, and um, dude, it got to the point. But at, when it ended on the on what they they showed on the on the uh, what the clip that you'll see was me being like, all right, listen, you're not my type of guy. Even after that, which you don't see on camera, is him go, but you know he tried to talk more. I go, nothing, hey man, nothing else to talk about. Yeah, okay, no. And then then he thought I wasn't gonna shake his head. I go, no, no, I'll shake you. Take care. You know, like that type. That was the only thing they didn't show. So, like, dude, like, in other words, that guy would have stayed there. Yeah. Still, even I told him, hey, dude, you're not my type of guy. Good luck to you, you know? And that guy was still staying to try to debate. That guy will get any type of attention. Yeah. But he is, he, listen, he makes your skin crawl. You yeah. talk to this motherfucker. So, you got to listen. You got to go to your instincts. You got to go with your instincts. You watching that video of him talking to Paul Felder and them talking that the way he was, he made that shit. Oh, the best way in that video, the best Paul Felder, they, they, they handled some great Paul Felder and everybody. But the best was, was Angela Lee, Angela Hill. Oh, fucking Angela Lee. I'm sorry. There's so many Angelas. Uh, Angela Hill. Cause she's like, you know, you're making this all about yourself. <laughs> she's no, yeah. he's like, well, so, you know, it might seem that way, but, uh, fucking, Dude, most, most unself-aware person out there. So I'm so happy that Diego, because Diego's a, dude, these guys know the guys to fucking, they're not, dude, Mike, he's not coming up to you, this guy, and going, hey, man, Mike, let me tell you about this AKA Thailand. I could change this whole, you, dude, you get that guy, you fucking, your fucking lightning legs would come up and be like, you'd be kicking him right in the face, get him out of there. Diego was like, oh, maybe this guy will help me. They, they know who to latch on to. Yeah. And I'm not attacking Diego. I no, I get it. I understand. You know, listen, he's still the guy on that fucking season one, you know, doing the wacky stuff. So it's like, in that you got to remember a guy when you first meet him. It's still that guy. And he's that doesn't mean he's a, he's a guy. I think everybody likes Diego. I, yeah, I, sure. I, dude, I think Diego's a really, I just think he's, he just needs the right people around him. And yeah. I think that dude was a fucking leech. That's just my opinion. Maybe I'm way off, but I don't think so. Sorry, my wife just got home. You hear the peeps in the back? Yeah, no worries. No worries, no worries, no worries. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm going to watch that video. And, like, it's crazy because, like, I mean, because so many people are trying to help Diego right now. And, and I know he was on my podcast. And so he was, like, I had the conversation with Dan Hardy just on the last episode. But uh, 
he, he was tagging because he was on my podcast and because I let him talk, well, Diego and then I let Fabio talk or Fabio, whatever. Uh, they were yeah. tagging me on all their stories and stuff. So they were doing all this stuff where they were making fun of you and, and Dana and, and Joe Rogan for like yeah. growth hormone tests, all this bullshit and stuff. But they were tagging me on there because I, he was on my podcast. And he was trying to come back on my podcast and I didn't want to do this controversial shit, right? And so like, but I was still tagged on all this stuff. And I'm like, people are seeing my tag and they're probably wondering like, does he support this or does he not? And I support Diego, but I was just trying to fit, I was just trying to wrap my head around it because it was, it was until the podcast that I really understood something was going on. And there, there was some, there was some shit going kind of off there. And then from that point on, I was just trying to figure out what the fuck's going on and, and who this guy is after I sat there for an hour and didn't say a word. And he trashed everybody. He said that the Winkle John gave his fighters lazy eye because he had a lazy eye. This was part of the hour of, of, of him talking, right? Like he literally oh. said that he, he transferred his lazy eye to the fighters while holding pads. This is, I'm not even making this up. That, that's just one. That's, that's like a minute of the hour. Wow. Yeah. Listen, that guy's a quack. Yeah. And, uh, I, it's great if you know, I mean, there's no fighters that are ever going to align themselves with that guy. You know, I, I mean, it, they, they'd have to be just an imbecile. But listen, man, you know, that guy, I'm sure, will weasel himself in somewhere. But, I, I, you know, just to do that. I Listen, it, it's good now. Maybe the worst is over. And hopefully Diego could just get some better people around him, you know. And it's funny. I've seen one of those things that you're talking about. Diego tagged me in something. But I didn't take any. I didn't look at that and go, oh, that fucking Diego. I blocked him. Because I don't like negativity, and I'm like, that's 100 percent this other guy. That's for, not for I sure. I, I, I mentioned really that to him too. I would, I would hold nothing against Diego. No. Diego, I think, is a minutes fucking thing. You know, I'm not, I'm not stupid enough to be like, oh my god, Diego, how could you disrespect me, Diego? I, Diego, I hope lands on his feet in this whole thing, and uh, and I think he can. I think, I think he's got a. I think at the, at the end of the day, I'm sure he's, he, I think he's a positive, good-hearted guy, Diego, and I think. There's, there's just guys out there that just know some they, they know the guys that will be trusting with and maybe not have the guys people around them to to let you know if you don't see that this guy's shady or this guy's a little off or what everybody else is kind of feeling you're not feeling that you know it, it takes the people around you to say hey man dude I don't know about this fucking guy so it's good hey man hopefully hopefully it's in the past for Diego. And the thing is, it's like, you know, last couple of podcasts, you know, we kind of like talked about this and, and, and trashed them out a little bit. But it's not that I'm just trying to trash someone out. I, I stay away from negativity, too. But it's the point of like, you know, I got through my, my UFC career without too many of these type of guys. So I wasn't used to it. But when I got into business, it was the same situation with these type of people, right? Like, like it was the worst I've ever seen. Business is way worse than fighting when it comes to this kind of thing. And so now oh. I see this happening more with guys like Fabia. He's obviously the worst case scenario. So I just want to make it clear as much as, as I can through this platform. And, and as we talk about this in the last guessing with you, um, ju just to make it aware so that fighters understand and, and have their caution up because like when people come and approach them as their fighters, you know, as you know, when, when you're in the spotlight, you, know, you were the champ obviously, and, and, and you're, you're big and you're winning fights. There's a lot of people that come up to you and they want to help you and they want to do things and stuff. So if we can just help like get a little bit more, you know, people a little bit more cautious about how they, how they, 
you know, trust people and let people in their inner circle, I think it's going to help because, you know, this was a situation where Diego let him in too deep. And now Diego's just getting trashed out all his personal information. And, and Fabio is just, just bashing him, man. It's just, it's just the worst thing ever, you know, to see, to see what he did. And, and he's saying that Diego took advantage of him, which is crazy because he, he's the founder of the school of self-awareness, but he was not aware that Diego took advantage of him for two years, but that was his first excuse that Diego took advantage of him for two years. And it's just like, could you picture? Could anybody picture Diego like taking advantage of somebody? No, I, I just can't. He can't. I just of course can't. Not. I can't do it. And uh, you know, there's personally in my life, there's people who I feel, you know, and, and you, in life you're gonna go through things where people wronged you. You know, you you feel. But does that mean I go out there and start fucking bashing them and saying personal? No, you don't do that. That yeah. that reveals your own character or lack right. of. Yeah. So you just be like, all right. You know, my circle's a little smaller now. And as you get older, what I find, I find my immediate circles just get smaller and smaller. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? I don't need any new people in that circle because you don't need, listen, less, I, I, I just, I like to simplify life. I really do. I like just positivity. And uh, if there's, and, and it's, it's, a lot of it's cliche, like, well, there's, negativity in your life you cut it out like a cancer you hear stupid shit like that but there's something to it yeah it really is yeah whether it's somebody at the your my academy which is kind of putting a a, a, a damper on the crowd or, or or bringing an element which i don't really like the vibe or anything you got to remove that shit a person that doesn't like his life so much and he's calling he's venting to you but somebody's venting to you like like you're a fucking therapist man it's like yo dude you gotta see a therapist. Like you gotta, you gotta simplify your life. Like I don't know, maybe I'm now I'm using this. I'm using this as my platform to vent. But I just, I'll sit there for fifty. I'll sit there for fifty minutes, bro. I've done it. Go ahead. I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm well trained, dude. He, if, 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 if Fabian did anything, he taught me patience. <laughs> <laughs> that guy taught you something. He taught, he you taught me something. I'm not even involved. <laughs> Man, listen. All I know is when any kind of spotlight. Whether it's fucking come on, man. I was just watching that Freddie Mercury movie the other day, and you got that little Weasley guy that was answering the phones. And next thing you yeah, know, yeah. he started fucking flirty with Freddie. Yeah, yeah. Next thing you know, he's fucking bail. No, you know, you're the guy that should be doing it, dude. There's always that guy. Yeah. It's in everything. It's every part of like it comes with success. You know that. You know that great saying. Don't make me say that great quote from that that great philosopher at, with great power comes great responsibility come on who said that mikey huh who was it jesus who no it was ben parker from salt from uh, yeah, spider-man I, I never knew he that said, <laughs> you know you wouldn't again i would have gave you a i've heard the quote but i didn't know who said it it's a great quote it is a great quote ben parker said it it's good ben fucking parker said it good for him so you know he filled that in spider-man that's how spider-man never became a fucking asshole so listen <laughs> When you do get, I don't know what I'm talking about. When you do get some success, you get people coming. You know that. They come out of the yeah. woodwork. Yeah. When I got on the scene and I lost by a spinning back, Mr. Joni Carter, you know how many motherfuckers, because I was like, oh, man. That was before anybody ever lost to a spinning back, Miss. So they, look, you need a new striking coach. You yeah, need right. a new fucking, you got to, I can get you to this guy. And it, dude, there's no magic pill to that shit. I didn't clock in my, if you rewatch that tape again, I just ran out that motherfucker like an idiot. You know, so it's like 
I didn't have to. I didn't have to. The, the, the hours that clocked in with the with the with the timing, with the striking, with the boxing, with the kickboxing. I that was like on the job training for me. So I knew it wasn't about Longo. Longo's fucking phenomenal. Longo never told me to rush in with my hand by my hip. The fuck is that? So why am I going to get rid of this guy? That's a loyal guy that knows what he's talking about. That's what happens when people try to switch camps right away. Yeah. When, how, I don't even know how we got into this, but, but I'm just no, saying I, it makes sense. Uh, well, oh yeah, with, with power. Like so, in other words, so when I got to my when I actually started trusting in my hands through Longo, who's bringing me to sparring and making me just stand up, not it, not let me do my takedowns where I want to add him in because. You know, if I had that like safety blanket where if I'm getting lit up, I, I could just try to take the guy down, and he'd make me stand up. If I got to take down, I have to come up. He'd take me to Brooklyn, work with some different guys there, and at his buddy Neglia's gym, and so it's like, you know, now I get to a title, and now all of a sudden, hey man, you know, people are like, listen, I got this guy I can work with you, man. I got this thing broken rhythm. I got this fucking thing. They're coming at you with all this fucking shit. Yeah, I know there's no magic fucking pill. I put in all the fucking work with the with the sparring and eventually got my fucking skills now and I don't have to rely for my fucking I, just on my jujitsu. I mean, you know what I mean? I felt comfortable after rolling how many rights and taking how many punches on my forehead. You know the deal, Mikey. Yeah. So, you know, you get to a position of power and then these other guys are like, oh man, let me jump in here and not even, you know, just meaning, maybe, maybe meaning well. Or maybe just being like, hey man, look, now I'm with the champ and like yeah i don't know so it's like i knew to keep my circle small from the beginning right. i knew Hendo loved me me and ray we got we you know we all have like these guys they want your best interest in mind yeah not theirs my best interest and you know what i mean and in return they get that you know that loyalty where it's like man i like i would never think of going the battle without either guy you know what i mean like yeah. i don't know so anyway my point is Look at the guys who were there for you when you got absolutely nothing. Yeah. Or not so much. Because then when you got a lot, a lot of more people are going to come on. I mean, this guy seems like a nice guy. You don't fucking know that. Of course yeah. he's going to be a nice guy to you. You're a fucking champ. <laughs> or, you know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know. I think I'm just getting a little redundant. But you know Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree with you. And I, and I wanted to get your opinion on that. And I had no idea about the conversation between y'all. So I'm definitely going to watch that video now. So I got more I got more than I thought I was going to get from, from, uh, from you on that one. All right, fellas, you want to help the podcast? Here is your opportunity. You can save 20% now and get free shipping on the best below-the-waist men's grooming products on the market by going to manscaped.com, M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com. Today, use code QUICK. That's my nickname, not how you use the product. And you get 20% off, free shipping. It's a win-win for everyone. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels, and now they're available in Europe, Canada, and Australia. And yes, I actually use these products. I'm getting more shipped right now. I got the Manscaped bag here, got the Preserver, got the Reviver, mm, the Reviver, the Crop Mop, a whole bag of Crop Mops, and they even give you this. So you can actually uh, use Manscaped to manscape your eyebrows and your toes huh it's like the best it is everything you need to appeal to your lady friend so don't thank me thank yourself for going to manscape.com entering code quick and getting your order at 20 percent off discount and free shipping Let, let's switch gears to uh so another headline is you probably heard about this but john jones giving birth to something big now his quote his no. quote 
yeah, so John Jones just, uh, he, he went on Twitter and said he's given birth to something big. Now, his actual quote, I have it here. His actual quote is on Twitter, I'm about to give birth to something big, something out of the ordinary, on a path that no man on this planet has ever walked, can't rush gr greatness. And then he left it at that. And so everyone's kind of like wondering what in the world it could be because obviously it's not a fight because I'd be through the UFC. It wouldn't be a sponsor because a sponsor would have to do with the fight. Who would sponsor John Jones if he's not fighting? Um, and it's something that no man on this planet has ever walked. So I was wondering, I, I didn't know if you heard about this or what you thought. Um, so I wanted to get your thoughts on that. And then I wanted to get your thoughts on just the fact that he's not fighting um, and how that's going to be detrimental, I think, to him and his legacy and his career to not fight and keep that experience going over what he thinks he's his worth is and not getting that worth when in reality in my opinion i think and people will always say i hate on john jones i'm not trying to hit on him but your worth is what people will pay for you like a business like your business the value is what what people will pay for that business your worth is what people will pay for you and he hasn't had a top 10 pay-per-view or a top 20 i think even pay-per-view and I, if i'm correct so it's like i think he should have taken the fight with nganu kept busy possibly won the belt, had some leverage, and then maybe done something where he, he tried to get more money or whatever. He's chose to set out and then kind of like possibly waste a year at a, at a time when he's getting older and his, his, his levels are, you know, his prime is kind of going away a little bit. So I just want to get your thoughts on that. You know, uh, if he's, if he's making a big mistake and, and, and waiting and what you think this, this cryptic, uh, text is that he's doing something that that no man has ever done and something uh out of the ordinary and it's uh greatness no clue what that 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 message could be that cryptic message no clue i mean i can't sit here and even begin the guess if you know i was assuming like with all this time that he's putting on weight because he's looking to fight in heavyweight so he's using the time to his advantage i from what i've seen in clips on whatever YouTube or even uh, maybe Instagram or something where it looks like he's constantly training. Yeah. It doesn't look like on a couch saying, ah, send me a contract and, and meet my terms. I don't know what his terms are. I don't know what he's asking for. You yeah. know what I mean? So I don't know. I'm not, that's not the whole negotiating thing. That's not my thing. When they get paired up, that's what I like to talk about. I don't know. Like, is it worth, I don't know. You could say, I mean, we could say, oh, well, he shouldn't sit out. I don't know. Maybe he has to get, extra motivated to get in there a cage locked in a cage with a guy that could literally change your life if he connects with you yeah <laughs> you know what that's I mean? true so <laughs> yeah true. well he doesn't need to fucking do that yeah so he's look i might be good either way here. so if you really want this fight with me and this fucking murderer uh you know i want something that's i don't know i don't know what he's asking so yeah. i couldn't say, oh that's ridiculous i couldn't say that's not worth it. It's his body, man. So it's like, whatever he thinks that is, it is. Maybe it's too much. If it's too much, it's too much. That's what's going on here, I guess. Yeah, know? as a fan, I but, want to see him fight. You well, know, what I mean, I want to, I want to see him get out there and fight. I do think he's one of the best in the world, and uh, I want to see him fight guys in Ghana. I think it's a very interesting fight because I think he has a strategy and the skill set to drag him out. But, but then he also might be afraid of getting knocked out because he's had some rough fights here at 205 against guys that aren't as powerful as Ngannou. So we're either going to get a timid, uh, you know, John Jones if this fight was to happen, which it's not. But I'm just saying a timid John Jones that's afraid of the knockout, or John Jones on his on his A game that could actually drag Ngannou out, get him 
tired, wear him down and beat him, beat him, you know? Um, so I hate the fact that he's just sitting out, but then also all these, all these different things he's doing, he's always kind of trying to be in the headlines and, and say things. So it's just kind of, it's kind of frustrating that, that, you know, there's nothing coming of it. And I mean, maybe this is going to be something crazy big and, and exciting, but he should have gave more information, I think. So I don't know. I was just, it's a headline. I thought I'd ask you about it, see if you knew anything and, uh, and what you thought. No, listen, man, like, um, I think some of these lackluster fights, not lackluster, like the Dominic Reyes fight, the Agos Santos fight, all the, you know, the close fights. I think a lot of it's due to John just almost not getting bored, but being, but just not, you don't see him going in there. Like, I'm not saying afraid, but you don't see that extra motivation. Yeah. You just don't see it. I don't know. I don't see it. I see him. It's almost like he's showing up and still just beating the best around or, you know, I mean, the Dominic Reyes fight was close. But again, he's just, he, I think, I, what I think is, you, he, this fight does happen with him and Francis. You're going to see the best version of John Jones ever because out of just straight concern, I'm not going to say fear, but I'll say concern of what could go wrong right. where with these other guys i don't think he could felt anything's gonna go wrong <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm just, no disrespect those guys are murderers but yeah. diago santos dominic grace i just think john jones is so confident and cocky and like ah dude i on my worst day i'm beating these guys that's what he's thinking I, that's what i think he's thinking but i feel on his best day he could feel look man this guy connects i could be dead <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. so i feel that will drive him to to just be you know, the, the savage he would need to be to take out, yeah. you know, technically, you know what I mean? So, well, I had to ask you that because this is, this is going to be the headline. Just watch and mark my words on this. This is going to be the headline that we talk about and we have no clue about. And then like, by the time that we get the podcast edited and posted, it'll already be announced and everyone's going to know. And then, and then we're going to show up like posting a fresh podcast and we're going to be like, what's he going to do? What is it? This is what's going to happen. This is what always happens with me. So okay. I had to, I had to have that one uh, embarrassing uh, headline. That's definitely hundred percent going to break before this goes, goes live or whatever. Um, but another thing uh, that I thought was very interesting is uh, Ali, uh, Habib's manager, manager dominance uh, was on yes. hot. He was on hot boxing with Mike Tyson and he revealed, oh. he revealed for the was first Smoking the devil's lettuce? I don't know if he was smoking, but he revealed for the first time that Habib recently turned down $100 million to fight Mayweather in a special rules fight. I think it was special rules where it was like it was boxing for uh, either 10 or 11 rounds and then MMA for one or something along those lines. But he had a $100 million offer and turned it down because he's done fighting. That's incredible. I mean, that, I mean if that doesn't say you, you're going to stick to your guns... And I know Habib, so I believe it 100%. And, and he said you can confirm it with anyone. You know, obviously, Mayweather, he's the manager, first of all. And number two, he said you can ask Mayweather, whoever. I don't think he'd lie about it. Um, and I know Habib, and I know Habib stands by his family, and his mom doesn't want him to fight. But that's pretty crazy. I mean, you got one, you know, his, his rival is the Forbes number one highest paid athlete in the world right now. And then you have Habib turning down $100 million fights. It's pretty crazy right now. Yeah, but, but is it, is it, Mike, as we get older, is it? Like what is it all? Is it all about that? Is that what it's all about? The, is today, all about? yeah, all kinda. Like, why? 
What, what, oh, so about a hundred million? That's no, no, it's kind of about these special fights, though. I mean, it seems like these are taking over. You know, these 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 dragon MMA fighters into boxing matches and yeah. doing these yeah. exhibitions and doing these special rules fights. It's the circus, what I call the circus kind of thing, which is interesting to me. I'm not I'm not trashing. I think there's some interesting fights to be made that I want to watch. But it seems like that's what's what was becoming. I mean, why is Jake Paul one of the top ten pay per views? And he's never fought a guy that even trains in boxing, more or less a boxer. That's something totally that this is that's a different conversation, which I'm glad to have with you. But what you're talking about with Habib, I don't think that's ridiculous at all. Why what's a is a hundred million gonna change the quality of his life? What is his quality of life? I think he has a probably a, a very He has a great life. He does have I a great life, yeah. Life. I don't think you know, the goat or you know, he's up there with one of the best ever to ever do it. Now why even put an image of you in a different light just to make just to even tarnish that at all? And what will that extra hundred million do? Are you taking that with you? What are you doing with that? Okay, you take care of some future future generations and stuff. Give them a, a some uh, lack of motivation to go out there and make it because they got a trust fund. But what are you going to do with that money when you're dead? Is it going to change? Your, I'll tell you right now. If I had all the money in the world, if I had a lot more money. I don't think I'm really, I, I, I'm still doing what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm still, what am I going to do? What the fuck am I going to do? Like what, what am I, I mean, how big of a house do you want? I mean, I understand. Like, I, that's what I'm saying. Habib's not about that. It's not yeah. about that life. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not surprised that he turned it down. Like, I'm not surprised that he turned it down. I, I, I know that's what he would do. That's the decision he would make just from knowing him. Um, I just think it's a testament to him as a person and and there's not a lot of people that would turn down that kind of money for any reason and and i think it shows you know i think that's what helps or that's what supports him being one of the greatest fighters of all time is because he did it to be a fighter and he did it for the right reasons it wasn't like he was money driven it wasn't like he was fame driven it wasn't like he had anything other than the fact that he wanted to be the best fighter in the world that was his number one focus that's what he aimed for and that's what he became and i think that and this is just a testament to that showing that he didn't even continue negotiations to because obviously a boxing match with floyd would be a tough thing for someone like habib you know who doesn't you know it doesn't have the boxing pedigree of someone like obviously floyd but still he could have negotiated more he could have tried to figure something out and done something in some way to try to make it happen but it was just a quick no and i think that that just kind of shows his character and it shows why he's the greatest in the world because you know if you can turn down a hundred million dollars and 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 not even bat an eye about it it shows you're a true fighter and i think that's why he's sitting at the top and and will always be at the top yeah i mean because what you're doing right there is especially in a situation like that with one of the arguably one of the best boxers who ever lived and with a special rules like that is oh you're just putting a price on your name and your and your and everything you worked for all right it's not just for this fight it's for everything you worked for oh you might not think that but you taunt, you will tarnish your legacy. Yeah, you know, it's a shame. I mean, it's not a shame because I think Ben Askren's got a different point of view. But you know, you bring up Ben Askren to the average people out there, except the diehards would be like, "Yo, man, that guy mangled people." I'm, I'm tapping my phone because I hear my girls yelling downstairs. Sorry, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, it's a dad thing. But you know. We know, me, myself, and you know how much of a badass he was, uh, you know. But most people know him for just getting that flying knee and getting knocked out by a YouTuber. So it's like, fuck, really? Yeah. You wanna like, 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 dude, they owe me a lot of money right now. My knees are fucked. 
So it's like, if they're like, yo, you want to go on a boxing ring? I'm like, dude, I don't, I'm not fucking doing that. I, I don't think, why? I was just showing up just to get paid to possibly get, you know, the worst to wear. And not to mention, I know that if I'm locked in a room with the same dude, knees or no knees, I'm I'm the, I'm the guy walking out if, if I had to be. Like, you know what I mean? Because I know I can still fuck people up. But I'm not going to put myself in a position where I know it's a losing battle or an uphill battle just to to get some extra ducats there. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not worth my... I don't know. But, you know, people have different points of view. I understand Ben's point of view. He didn't really give that much of a fuck. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Obviously, by the way he walked in with that gut and everything. And he never was the uh, the pinnacle of the fucking Mr. Goodbody. Yeah. But that, I mean, you look that back, that, you look at that back, you look at, that's like me at like 2.30 or some shit. Yeah. I don't know. How much could you really be training for this fucking thing? You know? Yeah, he didn't take it that serious, I think. And 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 the, as far as the Jake Paul thing, you know, Jake, I, I don't, respect his his attacks on the mma fighters and his antics and his immaturity and stuff but you know i still would watch his fights he, he's got me hooked he plays the game very well and he gets people interested what's your take on just him in general and what he's doing and how he's how he's going about being kind of the the conor mcgregor to like a like a times 10 to, to everybody i mean he has no limits i mean he's he's talking shit to the game he's talking shit to uh, to usman he's talking shit to daniel cormier i mean he literally has no limits it's not like a controlled environment like conor mcgregor still in a fight he's just just firing it on all cylinders at everyone yeah like look he's he's but he's he's also a self-proclaimed troll he even says it he was all yeah, a sure. troll um so it's like you know, he does like skits, so it's hard to take him. Like, I don't think is he malicious. I don't. I've really seen anything malicious. I don't think you should touch anything on anybody's like, like wives and shit like that. I think stuff like that. That's where it's trouble. Like, you know, you mess with people's like family or say something. There is stuff where it's just all right. That could become something else. You know, I didn't like those guys talking shit to Tyrone Woodley. It's like, dude, what are you yeah. doing, guys? Like. Really he, like, I hate it. You know, that other guy. J Love. That, that, it's that guy, yeah. J Love. And like I, I made a post about that and I and I never get in people's business. But when, when I saw that J Love or whatever his name is, who who's a boxer, who's like a mediocre boxer who who's been knocked out a couple times in boxing, and he was talking shit to a Hall of Famer UFC fighter, you know, and Tyron Woodley, five time UFC champion. And, and basically saying he would mop him up right there. And then he was holding up gloves like, you don't know nothing about this. And it was just like, yeah, he doesn't know nothing about this because he fights in four-ounce gloves. We train in those gloves. Like, that's 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 we wear those gloves to train so we don't hurt each other. And you do that to fight in actually in, in a sports combat environment. And that, that really bothered me when I saw that because th this guy's like, he's lacing up uh, Jake Paul's gloves. That That's where he's at in his career. And then he's going to talk shit about a five-time UFC champion. Like, like if if you were successful, you wouldn't be lacing up somebody's gloves right now. You'd be doing something better. Yeah, I mean, look, that that just seems like low, it's low class. It's not. Yeah. It's not respectful, you know. And uh, and Tyron's a laid back dude. He handles that shit better than everybody, better than I would have. It's just like because it's like, hey, you know what? If it gets to that, it's like, dude, everybody leave the room. Just every let's be mature about this. But everybody leave the room and let's have a conversation yeah. because then, then the guy's not dude. The guy knows there's a camera there. Yeah. He knows that. That people like even us months later or a month later, they were talking about it. Why? Because yeah. the guy, you know, the guy did a douchebag move. Everybody knows it was douchey the way he was talking like that. So, listen, people like to be famous just to be infamous. They're going to not do the right thing by people's standards, but they still get their name out there. Do I agree with it? No. 
Do I hate on a kid like Jake Paul, who obviously he's training. He's not bad. No, I no, mean, he, he's as, not bad. I mean, as far as compared to good, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I, you don't really, you never really seen him with anybody. Right. And that's not disrespect to Ben, but we know Ben's not a, you know, guy's not a boxer. You know, everything's set to get the clinch and whatnot. But so until we see, we got to see him with another guy that's like maybe looking to do the gloves or something, like a good, like young kid, like that. Then we'll see, you know, something competitive. But until then, we who knows, you know. But but he's definitely got some skills. He's not a he's not a, a punk up there. Yeah. He's getting sparring in. Obviously, it looks like he got some rounds in with Mike Perry and this and that. So look, man, again. I don't hate on anybody. He's making some money. He's making some money. They got my money that night. Unfortunately, they'll never do it. First of all, it was so bad. It was actually worth it. That's how bad it was. If you've seen that event, it was like nothing. I At one point, I'm watching one of the prelims, which was horrible. And they get the camera off the, the, the fight. And it's literally has the guy, the kid from Saturday Night Live, who was in the, the King of Staten Island. What's his name? Pete Davidson. Pete Davidson's great. Yeah. Because he even knew that. So they have Pete Davidson and Snoop Dogg taking selfies. And I'm like, wait, there's a fight going on. I go, what am I? What the fuck am I? They're not even watching the fight. It's fucking great. It was a, the best. Dude, they're doing arm wrestling. And the guy, Pete Davidson's taking pictures. Like, I just want to send this to my mom. So she's proud of me. Yeah, I feel that guy hysterical. He's like, I want to talk to my agent. Fire my agent. It's fucking funny. <laughs> Besides that, it was a train wreck. Oh, my God. Yeah. It makes you appreciate the production at a UFC event. Well, you heard like the commentary. I mean, not only Snoop Dogg, like, like I have respect for Snoop Dogg, but his commentary, it, it, like even when he had, even the commentary when he had Mike Tyson and, and Roy Jones fighting, he's like, this looks like my uncle's fighting in the front yard. Like th that's so disrespectful to these guys. And like, th these are two icons of the sport. And then I guess yeah. during the Frank, uh, the Frank Mir fight, uh, De La Hoya gets on the, the, the commentary booth and he's just drunk out of his mind or, or on something else, who knows what. And, and he was saying the crazy US shit. Saw baby, whatever the fuck he's saying. He's Unbelievable. He was, that's an embarrassment. So I don't know, man. That guy's another embarrassment. Yeah. Guys, that guy's obviously got some kind of problem that, that you know, <laughs> he's not getting checked. So I don't even know what to say about that guy. I just, I just know that, wow, what a train wreck. I take it back. I might actually watch it. <laughs> it was fucking, it is unbelievable how bad that fucking thing was. You know, for me, I think the reason I have judgment on these guys that are like doing stuff like what Jay Love did to Tyron Woodley and stuff like that is I've been living in Thailand for so long. Like I'm not in the prote yeah. the protected world of America anymore. You know what I mean? Like we're in a different environment here. And like you couldn't get away with that here. You know what I'm saying? Like you walk up to a fighter here, like a Muay Thai fighter, you walk up to a lot of different types of people here and you start talking shit like that you're in the hospital real fast. You know, there's no like you're going to get sued and like there's cameras and like yeah, this shit, that shit doesn't happen here. You know, you, you, you don't see people that, that like run around like Jake Paul and fuck around with people and take their hats and and do pranks and shit like that. Like that, you, you could get your ass in some serious shit here. So I think just being here in this culture for so long and then I'm watching that. It's just kind of like, damn, you guys are lucky you're an American, man, because like you did that to like Tyron and like, like a Tyron, if he was hanging out here. And, and he was familiar with this culture and, and this environment and, and, and this kind of like lifestyle. And, and that guy said that shit. I mean, he that guy, Tyron mopped the floor with that guy in about 30 seconds.
Hey, unrelated. You smoke reefer over there. Do they cane you in the streets and shit? What happens? No, they don't. Um, it is illegal, but they'll take it. I don't think it's the the most uh, penalized drug here, but it is illegal. Yeah. All right. They're really strict on certain <laughs> other drugs, like the the hard stuff. But there is a lot of people that that do smoke here. Well, there goes there goes my dream. I was gonna be like you. You're a pioneer over there. I was gonna go over to. Open up several dispensaries all over that motherfucker. So thank you for letting me know. They're doing something here where they're trying to legalize marijuana or they're trying to legalize something in part to marijuana. So there is some action happening with that. I don't know what the what the status is, though. But, yeah, they are there working on something. Listen, you, uh, you, how's your niece? No, good. I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm living good over here. Like, it's fun. It's weird how it hits you differently, man. Yo, I mean, my dude, you're fucking, you're still real quick with Mike Swick. I'm getting kind of slow with Matty S. My knees are giving me a hard time, Mikey. Yeah. I can still roll, though, so I don't want to get the surgery done. Yeah. I don't want to be the knife. If I get, I have to get both knees done. Now, I see Michael Bisping, who I spent time around when he had, before he had both knees done, and he was walking worse than me. He would tell me. In his awesome accent, he would tell me how his wife would have to pick him up by the, well, he wouldn't be able to walk around the mall or he'd go somewhere and have to get picked up because he can't walk. The, it, it, dude, I get it, man. My knees suck. But yet I could teach. I could roll. I could. I rolled yesterday for almost an hour yeah. with one of my belts and my purple belts, these two monsters. I felt fucking, I put the gi on it'll slow it down a little bit, but I felt fucking good. Good, Mike. So it's like, I, can, I don't want to take a year away from my school and my mad time and just to be able to walk. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I, I feel you. We're not getting any younger, man. I'm training every day, though. So, or not every day, but at least like five days a week. So, I mean, I'm, I'm staying in good shape. You know, it's a, it's, a, it's a different lifestyle here. It's very low stress, good food good environment i'm living my dream like you know like i'm living my best life at, at 40 like, like i've set myself up to where you know it's good for me this is what i want to do post fight this is my passion this is my the the life that i've always kind of dreamed to have you know like like the the freedom and the 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 the, the things that i have here the gym is my baby i built it from scratch from like an undeveloped piece of land to what it is now it's not like i, I took over some other business or some some building or yeah. something so it's just like my baby man it's just been you know 10 years of work but you know now it's starting to to really pay off and it's it's really cool how scared were you during this whole fucking thing cuz we both you know we but we got similar situations where or I, my, my academy you have your fucking comp oh you it's just it's huge your thing what do you what do you call it? it's not just an academy it's what is it well it's it's a it's a luxury sports combat training resort for everyone so we're, we're one of the first people in the world to build such a sports combat camp like this built for everyone so it's like you know there's a lot of fight gyms obviously you know you can't make that much money at a fight gym uh, training only fighters. So I'm an entrepreneur. I want to have success, but I also want to cater to people who aren't fighters and who want to experience what it's like to train in MMA, what it's like to train in Muay Thai, what it's like to train as a fighter, but you don't have to deal with uh, training with fighters and being intimidated and, ha and getting beat up and having to deal with that whole environment thing. So we do have a fight team uh, that's very successful we, and, and uh, you know, we have a great curriculum, but mostly we cater to people who are just everyone, like anyone, anyone can come in 
recommend. So it's like an excursion. It's it's two acres. We got multiple facilities all over the the two acres restaurant, uh, Muay Thai area, weight room, you know, MMA training indoor area, BJJ as well. Um, and it's just for everyone to come in. And so we get a lot of a lot of like uh, executives, a lot of influencers, a lot of celebrities, a lot of uh, high end people that come in and want to just train like a fighter and see what it's like and have the same curriculum we had at AKA but not train with fighters, uh, you know, the, it's separated. And, and so it's, yeah, that's, that's kind of what it is. And, it, and it's so cool meeting so many interesting people from around the world that, that come in and, and they're so unique. I mean, my gym is 100% foreigner. So uh, everyone that comes to my gym comes to Thailand to train at AK Thailand or they're there and they decide to, but they're all foreign. They're not Thai, the people that actually pay to train. So it's interesting meeting so many diverse people from so many different places in the world on a daily basis. It's just so, so exciting to go to work every day. And like what you were saying, it was absolutely scary. And it still is because Thailand shut down. So for 14 months, yeah. you know, when you when you depend on people to fly in to come train at your gym because you don't train the local. So you don't have a local, uh, you know, student base. Uh, when they shut the borders down, you know, for multiple months and then make it very strict, like it's been for 14 months, it affects your revenue. It's cost me a fortune to pay the bills and, and keep, you know, keep this gym alive and, and not only keep it alive, but I'm keeping it growing and keeping it, you know, I'm updating it and expanding it and doing things so that when we get over this thing, I'm going to ride that wave up because there's obviously going to be a, a nice wave up when this thing's over. We got a lot of people ready to come travel over here. Dude, let me tell you, it's not the same thing because... My revenue is all local people, but you know, I, you know, I lost one school to it. And I'll tell you right now, in hindsight, it's a great thing. And even when I knew first did it, I knew, you know what, that's why I was talking about before about downside, like keeping things simple. More is not always better, man. I had two huge schools and both doing well logistically. Now, most guys are just going to my one school. Once I shut down the other one, I'm saving 11 grand a month. So it's fucking crazy. And Right now, so many people are coming back because of the uh, vaccine and this and that. So now we're back. Now we're getting on that upswing. Thank goodness. Yeah. You know, I got gigs. I got my podcast. I got my the show I do with Dana. All fun stuff. But uh, my school, my academy is my retirement. Yeah. Like I said before, I got people to teach for me. I don't got to be over there this morning. Why I push this back? Because I want to be bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Because I get up on... Tuesdays, I do the 7 a.m. class. So I get up at like like 5.30 in the morning, 5, whatever. So I'm not an early riser, but I'll mm-hmm. do that to go hang out with my, my, my people and show some standing up in posture and passing guards and ripping camoras. It's a good time, Mike. Yeah. So I feel privileged that I'm still able to live that dream because it's what I do, you yeah. know, and it's a good time. So, yeah. you know, I'm happy we're both getting back. Into yeah, it's Finally, with that survive, we weathered that storm. What's up, everybody? I am here in Thailand. This is the first time I've ever been here. Been dying to come here for years. Mike Swick, he's one of the big reasons he's been trying to pull me down here. What he built down here, aka Thailand, is incredible. There's people here from all over the world. You can train mixed martial arts here, jiu-jitsu, they have weightlifting, they have cardio, and obviously they have Muay Thai, boxing, everything. I'm 
I'm telling you guys, I know everybody wants to go to Thailand because Thailand's so cool, but you can't come to Thailand without coming to AKA Thailand. Come on. And where do you see someone like Rob Font going next? I mean, we obviously got Aljamain probably fighting, obviously, Peter Yan. Um, we got we got uh, other fights booked. You know, I like Rob Font, man. I like that the whole fucking New England fucking cartel. They're badass. They're awesome. Gator. They have a great team. Yeah, man. They got over there. They got their crew. But uh, I think Rob, I'm always impressed with Rob Font, man. I think he's a stud. And, 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 uh, you know, I, I think I, I would love to see. I, I don't know, man. I, I just like to see that kid fight. So you put him in anybody within the top 10, top five. What, what is he now? He's ranked right now at three. And that's the thing. So Corey Sandhagen is already fighting TJ Dillashaw. So that fight. So so the only people above Rob Font is Sandhagen, Peter Yan, and Sterling. And that's why I'm saying where we're going to go with him because he just beat Garbrandt, which is five. He's got Jose Aldo at four, but Jose Aldo is older and, and on his decline. Um, and then we got, you know, uh, San Hagen versus TJ. We got uh, Aljamain versus Peter Yan. So, I oh mean, and, and then back down to Marias again and then Frankie. So, it's, it, yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be tough to see who he's going to fight next, but he had a great performance. I mean, that was a hell of a performance against Cody, that's for sure. Oh, I thought he looked phenomenal. I mean, it was his first time in a five-round fight. You wouldn't have, uh, you wouldn't have thunk it. No, he did great. Yeah. I mean, he, he was just, and then, you know, when he got taken down, he kept his composure. I don't think he took any much damage at all down there. That's what I was saying. As far as with that fight, the one thing I think that Cody should really take away is he's got the, he's got the decent wrestling, you know, and uh, he's got his hands. If he wants some long, long, longevity in, the, in this sport, I, I feel he should get that more control on the ground and in some nice ways to tie guys down, up your crucifixes, ground and pound them. Uh, up your submission game, up your positional game down there, and just your controlling on the floor. And that way, you know, that could be a totally different fight because he got into those takedowns, but there was no control or a huge threat down there. Right. You know what I mean? So it's almost like a new game plan. He's working out and like a comic working out some new material. He was working mm -hmm. out that, that and, and, and it was, you know, with a little better control, that could have been a different fight. Or, an unlimited gas tank like Marab or somebody, yeah. you can get away with that shit. Yeah. yeah. I kept trying to tell Marab, and he's getting better and better with it. Like, because he'll break guys. <laughs> he'll just break them. Marab is fucking phenomenal. Pressure breaks people. Uh, oh, he, he breaks people. Yeah. But my, my thing with him would be like, yo, how about one takedown around is better than fucking 10? I know you like to do 10, because he doesn't care if they get up. He's going to take them down again. Yeah. He's that, but, and it looks great, but like, one takedown, we either work him over or finish him down there. Or if he survives the round, he survives the round. You're either losing the round or losing the fight off a takedown. Uh, if he gets through, he gets through. If this goes down, if this goes down for fucking the whole fight, it's a three round. You need three takedowns or two, you know, or you get a match. So it's like that's the mentality you want. If you don't have that, you need an unlimited. You need what fucking because dude, you know how it is. I mean, it wasn't really your, you know, go to because yeah, yeah, but. But you know you've been you've taken guys down and gotten back up, or you failed takedowns. And dude, that's fucking dude. Yeah, I'd rather get punched in the fucking mouth than yeah. than fucking have some three failed attempts and yeah. you're, you're like shooting fish in a barrel. 
why do you think I took my chances with GSP standing up? I'm like, yo, yeah. this ain't cardio day today. I'm going to fucking either get hurt real bad or hurt him, but I'm not going to be fucking getting exhausted putting this motherfucker on his ass and not keeping him down and whatever. So I don't know. And it's, it's ironic because the same night that you, uh, you fought GSP, speaking of this whole situation, that's how I lost my number one contender fight to fight. Uh, Anderson Silva against Yushin Okami was because Yushin Okami managed to take me down and hold me. And, and it was like one and one going into the third round. And then the third round, he held me down for like three minutes and I couldn't get up. And until the last 45 seconds, I ended up on top. But it was just too little too late. So I actually lost because of that exact reason. And it's funny. I remember, I don't know why this comes out to me because I remember watching, I guess, the whole event again. And I remember, like, in between rounds, like, something like, yo, he, he's saying how strong he was. He was like, he's strong. I hate that, like bro. That. Dude, there's nothing I hate more in my whole career than that. Like, there's been so many things, but people are so, so, so between the first and the second round, we had a strategy against Yushin Okami. And I'm, and I've always been very strong for my, for my size, uh, how I look. I'm stronger than I look, I guess you could say. So yeah. I've been, I've been able to kind of manhandle people pretty well and do certain things. And we had a strategy against Yushin Okami. And when I, when I fought him, as you know, he's a gigantic guy. He's a very huge, strong guy that yeah. not many people knew much about. And, and I didn't either. And when I, when I went through the first round and he got me down and he won the first round through the takedown and, and positioning, um, I told Bob Cook, my corner, that he's, he's, too, you know, he's too strong to keep the strategy is basically what I said. Yeah. But the, but the oh, world heard I, me saying that he's so strong. So then they start, you know, after the fight's over with, they're like, oh, you were broken after the first round because he was so strong and all this stuff. But what they don't realize is we changed our strategy. I went out in the second round and completely dominated and won the round. In fact, I knocked him down and almost finished him. And I ended the round holding his head to the, on, on the canvas, punching it as the bell rang. So like, it was my best round after I said that. All I did was change my strategy up and I had to tell my corner, we can't out, out clinch this guy and, 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 and out wrestle him. I mean, he's strong. This guy, when he grabs me, there's not a lot I can do. He's taken me down multiple times already and he's strong on top. So we're gonna have to stay on the outside and, and use our striking. And then we went into the third round with the same game plan, started out okay. He leg tripped me in a weird, it was, it was even a weird takedown or something. And then yeah, uh, yeah I couldn't get up. He, he had good top game and he spent like three minutes on top of me trying to get up. And then the funny thing was like, I think we talked about this in the first time we had the podcast, but he actually wore himself completely out punching me in the face. Like I wish I had known that that was a potential from the first round because I would have let him do that. I wouldn't have covered up so much because he literally punched me so many times in the face and it, I, mean, I had some cauliflower ear, but it wasn't like rocking me or anything. It wasn't like damage. He exhausted yeah. himself completely from punching me in the face. I reversed him. I ended up on top, and then for 45 seconds, I ground and pounded him until the end of the fight. And I'm thinking to myself, man, I would have definitely taken those punches in the first round to let him get worn out and, and, and then have a better fight, but, you know, too little too late. But it's just it's, it's funny how that happened. People remember certain things. You said all that? I remember that stupid fucking line I just told you. I was all over Shoney Carter. First one will plot or attempt ever. You think people talk about that? Yeah. Think they talk about the 10 seconds when I got back visited. Yeah. So listen, man. <laughs> <laughs> the game we play you know that it's fucking crazy let me and so so the last thing real fast i want to ask you is so it just came out uh just today actually that uh olivier obviously the champion 
is is uh, counted as an underdog now by most betting sites against uh, Poirier and Connor. So, do you agree with that? Do you think that he should be an underdog to either one or both of those guys? And do do you think he has a chance of beating either one of those guys, um, or vice versa? Do I think he has a chance of beating either one of those guys? Either one of those guys, absolutely. I mean, look what he just so look what he just so he listen. He's never looked better. I mean. It's fair to say that. Two fights, yeah. I don't know if it just took this long for his fight IQ to catch up to his skill set or whatever it is. The belief is there. I don't know, but he had to talk about dealing with adversity in that title fight with Michael Chandler. I was there, and I thought, man, this is over in the first round. That's how – because Michael Chandler is the guy, when when he gets you hurt, he could be this close to you, but with those little arms, yeah. that's like a fucking little bat. <laughs> he, gets yeah. a, he gets good leverage really short, <laughs> like small spaces. So I'm like, yo, this is just going to be done. So for him to come back, and if you look at his his feet placement with that left hook, it was almost perfect. It was like beautiful. Yeah. It was just it was, it was just so well placed that it's like he was he didn't look desperate to try to grapple him again. And even though he's getting rocked standing. So he's very well-rounded, very dangerous. I mean, he can see, he has a lot of ways to win versus either guy. But we've also seen him get finished. In his last fight, we just seen him get hurt. So I can understand people thinking, all right, maybe Connor could just be accurate enough to get him out of there. What if he doesn't? Right. What if he just tries to grapple him in the first round? Connor fights it off. Now he's got a little bit more blood going in those shoulders. And now Oliveira is no slouch standing. So that gets competitive, and now this one one time he gets around his fucking neck. You know what I mean? I'll tell you. I think he's got a. I think Connor matches up worse with him yeah. than Dustin. Yeah, Dustin's I agree with rap- you. You know, Connor's a, a Connor's a fast starter. I mean, he, he's powerful from the start, but I think with with, yeah. with what Olivier has shown in these last couple fights with his strategy and his IQ, like you said, I think he would expect that and, and be prepared, and then he could uh, he could drag it out. I think so. In my opinion, he's awesome. He's absolutely awesome. I love his jujitsu. I love his striking. And uh, I love his story. And I love seeing him on Instagram on top of a fire truck. In yeah. I love that shit. Yeah. Well, that's awesome, man. I'm glad to hear hear your uh, breakdown on that. And I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. Um, so, yeah. I and mean, that's all I got for headlines for you. Uh, anything you got? It's about a year between our podcast. So, uh, you got anything for me? Any, any, uh, any, uh, tips or uh, uh questions or whatever you're my mentor because remember a year ago you were like uh coaching me along as i was starting my podcast back up and here i am 100 interviews later so what do you got for me coach well dude obviously you're doing something right i mean come on man you you know i've seen your i've been i've i've uh seen you on youtube where i jumped on some watched some of your, your the podcast it looks like it's going very natural for you good luck with this thing with the mma what are you calling it something different it's it? just a segment i mean it's just uh mma headlines but i mean i'm still doing the podcast the same i'm just adding a new segment that's all dude mixing you're it up guys, man, where you got a bunch of different things in the fire there you're that guy you yeah. know i'm trying to take more out less out i'm taking less off my more off my plate wait <laughs> yes you know what i mean yeah i like to get I'll tell you guys like you, Dean Thomas. What about Dean Thomas? I've been dealing with play. Dean. I've been I've been actually talking with Dean uh, lately, and uh, I haven't really dealt yeah. with him a lot in the past. But I'm working with him on some of this new stuff that he's working on. I'm sure you're aware of. So we're working on some stuff from here in Thailand as well. So I've been actually talking to him on the phone almost every night. 
He's a he's a cool he, guy, man. The guy that you know, he's he's always moving. Yeah, and I'm so happy he's a hustler. He's getting the he's getting the shine that he deserves because there's not a lot of guys that could do what Dean Thomas is doing because why? Because he's got not only the fight IQ, the knowledge. He's been in the game. Great fighter himself. He was a tremendous fighter. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Got a victory over me, but he's a tremendous <laughs> fighter. But he's also funny as shit. He's got yeah. a personality. He Thomas. does. He's a funny dude. I like hanging out with Dean Thomas. Don't let him hear this because I don't like when he hears me giving him compliments. <laughs> I like breaking his balls. But I'll tell you, I hope the show Dana White looking for a fight goes on forever because basically it's me chilling out with fucking Dana and Dean. Yeah, and we get along amazing. well, so we have a fucking great time. So yeah, you know. I'm sure I'll talk to him soon. So that's great, man. But hey, man, Mikey, all my best. Anybody who's listening to your podcast, they want to hear some more MMA stuff and maybe some uh, silly, goofy shit. Listen to UFC Unfiltered. Absolutely. With myself, Norton. I'm doing cameo. Do you ever do cameos? No, I never done it. It's not bad, Mike. It's yeah. not bad. You listen, I earn my money with that shit. I'm singing Happy Birthday. <laughs> um, you know. <laughs> Dude, I'm, yeah, you know, I, I try to earn it. My birthday is coming up, man. June 19th. June 19th. I'm, I'm going to get you to sing me happy birthday, dude. <laughs> I'm also a Gemini. You're a Gemini. Yeah. June 19th. How, how old are you going to be? 42. All right. Not bad. I'm going to be, I'm going to be, 40, June 2nd, I'm going to be 47. Wow. Really? 47. Come on, man. That's I didn't, crazy. I didn't you put you on 47. 47 is fucked up. No. No, nah, man, dude, old, old is cool right now. If you look at 50 years ago, man, in the 40s, those guys were old, man. But now it's like every leading man in Hollywood and all your stars and celebrities, they're all in their 40s, man. 40s is cool, dude. And you know what's funny, man? Like, I'm on that TRT. I know you probably, I don't know, you're probably just drinking your coconuts, whatever you're doing over there. But the <laughs> thanks for the save there, yeah. <laughs> Listen, you're in good shape. You're that guy. But me, I remember a while ago, I went, I got tested. I was like, my, my testosterone was at like 300. It's fucking horrible. And I was just fucking, that's probably when I was at my chubbiest. So I'm on TRT. That's probably one of the things that that I got, that uh, Diego's and, and whatever his coach. It's like, legal. Gave. Like, that's so, the thing bro. I didn't understand. He's, he was bashing y'all, but it's like perfectly legal. There's clinics oh, all over America. I'm, I'm open about that. Yeah, like, It's I legal, yeah. I, 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 I blocked them because I don't like negativity. But, oh, I'm on TRT. I'll tell everybody. It's fucking great. Yeah. As a guy who's on 50, if I was fucking 25 or 30 doing it, I'd be a fucking asshole. But, <laughs> but I'm not I'm not competing. I like to stay in shape by training and rolling and, and doing my push-ups and sit-ups. I feel fucking good. I walk around more comfortable with my shirt off now. I just told you I was at the water park with my kids. I feel a lot better than when I was in my 20s and 30s. I get a little fucking chubby because I eat the pasta. Yeah. It helps that I'm gluten-free thing. But anyway, I love that TRT. I go to a doctor. They take my levels. They check my bloods every six weeks. I'm not doing that by myself. I'm not in some dark alley somewhere with a fucking dirty needle sticking in my ass. It's not me. Yeah, of course. Anyway, it's anyway. I, I recommend it. Anybody around our age, just a little bit older than you, testosterone uh, uh, replacement therapy. Yeah, right. there's clinics all over America. Yeah, man, you gotta you gotta listen. We got one life to live, bro. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, Mikey, thanks for having me, man. Hey, man, thanks for – you're a busy man. I really appreciate it, man. I love talking to you. I love having you on the podcast. You're one of my favorite guests, man. So, like, thank you so much for taking time out. I really appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. 
Hey, thank goodness for uh, Mrs. Sarah because she got my. Technically, I don't know if you know this. I'm very good in VR, but technically, I'm not a good technical guy with the with the uh, with the whole uh, electronics. So I had problems with my Skype, but we made this thing happen. And anytime you want me to come on again, or else you come on unfiltered, we'll hang out again soon. It's always great, Matt. I appreciate it, buddy. No problem, bro. Good to see you, man. I'll talk to you soon. Later, Mike.